Welcome to a special edition of What's on Tap, spotlighting the new Milwaukee PBS documentary, Remembering the Great Circus Parade. Your need-to-know cultural snapshot of Wisconsin and beyond. This is What's on Tap with Sandy Max. A deep dive into all things intriguing, riveting, and entertaining. Now, here's your host, Sandy Max. Children of all ages! Welcome to Milwaukee for the greatest extravaganza of all time. You're going to see the spectacle of an old-time circus street parade. And setting the mood with the music for today's parade is Jim Roback and the great circus parade band. That is the voice of Ernest Borgnine in a clown outfit, kicking off the brand new Milwaukee PBS documentary called Remembering the Great Circus Parade, which was a huge tradition in summertime here in Milwaukee, and to share the behind the scenes and lots of history about this spectacle is Joe Sankey from Milwaukee PBS, a co-producer of this fine documentary and also a longtime set designer, artist yourself, I would say. It's great to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me. My pleasure. After hearing that Ernest Borgnine introduction, tell me why you wanted to make a documentary about the Great Circus Parade, because it hasn't happened since 2009. It was uniquely Milwaukee, with the exception of a couple years when it was in Baraboo and in Chicago. And at its height, it was the third largest parade in America, following Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade and the Tournament of Roses Parade in California, just in terms of its size, the number of units in it, and how many people came to watch it. Over 800,000 people would line the streets of Milwaukee. It was shown to over 800,000 people. And it was shown on PBS nationally. It went over the air to over 80 countries, and it was also shown on the Armed Services Radio and Television Network so that our men and women overseas who might have been feeling a little bit homesick can watch a piece of Americana go by. Was the Great Circus Parade always on July 4th? No. It would change, but it was always around like the second Sunday in July to my to my mind, it always seemed to uh, coincide with Bastille days. You know, mm-hmm. you know, watch the parade, go have baguettes. You know, <laughs> well, Joe, I was able to watch a preview screening last night in my home, and it is a jam packed hour of incredible archive footage. You see the the change in the city skyline over the years since the '60s, and you were right. You see all these people together, but. What a mass spectacle of all these creative wagons. Every single one is different. The people involved, all dressed in the, to the nines in costumes and music. It just, it really was a spectacle. It was. And the thing that I noticed, because in preparing for this show, I watched 16 different parades over the years. And... You know, watching them in detail. That's a lot of preparation. (laughs) Yeah, a lot, watching them in detail, taking, you know, multitude notes. What, what wagon is this? What conversation are we having? Do we have an interesting story here? And the parade was never the same. 
from one year to the next. They managed to always keep it fresh. There would be new wagons added or a band that we hadn't seen before or new costumes. It was never the same old, same old. The, the, the folks at Circus World Museum knew that they had Wisconsin's national treasure or as the, or as Tova Borgnine once said, America's national treasure. And they were determined to keep it at the top of its game. And the circus, the entertainment business of the circus, has meant a lot to the state of Wisconsin. The Ringling Brothers, actually... There there were more than just the Ringling Brothers. Ringling Brothers were the biggest ones who had their winter quarters here. Up until around the period of World War One, when they, like a lot of other people in the frozen north, decided, hey, you know, Florida is a lot warmer. We can, we can move down there. Um, all these circus families knew each other, and they were all intermarried, and they were friends and, and things like that. So, yes, they were competition, but they were all kind of like family, and a great majority of them were in Baraboo. That's how the Circus World Museum is there. It's the old winter quarters, the surviving buildings, which have now been, you know, multiplied and turned into a real showplace. Well, and Milwaukee PBS has really been a treasure trove, an archive of footage because Milwaukee PBS just celebrated their 65th anniversary Mm -hmm. last year. What discoveries did you make in the vaults? I only did in my career probably six, seven parades i wasn't here i'm not a native milwaukee and i wasn't here to watch the parades in the 70s and the 80s that's okay Eight hundred thousand people were so. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um but what i just noticed were the stories um the stories of the people who were in the parade we meet we meet a costume designer who earlier in her life she was a circus aerialist mamie ward she was a trapeze artist and she became uh, not a set designer, a costume designer, because she understood the needs of the performers. Yeah, you have to have a great fitting garment. <laughs> yes, you do. To be an active performer in the circus. There aren't many people who sit around at the circus. <laughs> and there were stories about that and the stories and what I call my people, the craftsmen who restored the wagons, the wood carvers, the painters, the people who would get these. They were decrepit wrecks. And many times they had been used as chicken coops. They had been rotting out in fields for years. But Chappie Fox, you know, had this kind of like network that he would find these things and bring them to Baraboo. And that's one of the old Milwaukee PBS shows was called I Remember that Jim Peck used to host. And Jim Peck used to also be one of the parade announcers. And this is a moment of Ben Barkin chatting with Jim Peck about creating and reviving the Great Circus Parade. Well, this character, Chappie Fox, who's truly my inspiration, he came to me in 1962. He was the director of the museum in Baraboo mm-hmm. because the Five Ringling Brothers were raised there. And he said, Ben, if we do a parade the way they did it at the turn of the century, all the way through 1930, he said, we draw thousands and thousands of people to Baraboo. And I was intrigued. He showed me some pictures of 1905, 1910, and it really looked good to me. And I said, Chappie, I like the idea, but if it's true that you'll draw thousands and thousands of people in Baraboo, you won't have enough bathroom restrooms to accommodate the crowd. Ever the pragmatist. <laughs> you know, but I said, 
I like the idea, let's go over and see Bob Eline. Bob Eline was chairman of Schlitz, and he loved animals, and he was a polo player, loved horses. And in 20 minutes, when Chappie presented that to him, Bob turned to me and said, Ben, how do you feel? I said, as long as we do it in Milwaukee, it'll be terrific. And Bob said to me, Ben, let's go for it. So what did you feel when you found that nugget of footage? This is stuff that is like finding gold nuggets, literally. <laughs> you know, that I mean, you watch hours and hours and hours, and sometimes stuff like that just falls into your lap. And I'll admit, there were times when Dale Palachek and I, who is the other producer in the program, there was stuff that we, we had to let it go on the cutting room floor, so to speak, because we were looking for the best of the best. And I would watch these parades, and then I would come with lists of stuff, and then Dale and I would watch the stuff, and we'd whittle it down, and we'd whittle it down, and we'd whittle it down and more. And then Dale would take the piece and edit it. And if he could find any way to edit out extraneous seconds of a tape, we knew we could save enough time that we could get something else in. And that was trying to get the best, the very best, and the stuff like... (laughs) Like Ben Barkin talking about, you don't have enough bathrooms in Baraboo. <laughs> I mean, you know, that's, that's just practical. such a great realistic line. You know, he has this great plan, but he's like, yeah, you got a few things you got to take care of. <laughs> well, that's aiming high. If, he, I mean, if they really expected a million people, but uh, yeah, you. But I'm telling you, I watched it last night, and for an hour, it is just packed with wonderful emotional footage. Some of it really touched me. This really is a time capsule of the. 20th century and entertainment that ranged from 1903 all the way to 2009. So uh, trains, wagons, clowns, horses, music. We're going to talk about all of that and more. Stay with us. Milwaukee PBS's Joe Sankey shares more behind the scenes of Remembering the Great Circus Parade brand new documentary next on What's on Tap. Welcome back to a special edition of What's on Tap, spotlighting the new Milwaukee PBS documentary, Remembering the Great Circus Parade, including this continuing conversation with co-producer Joe Sankey. This is What's on Tap with Sandy Max. We're going to meet the man who has made all of this possible. I'd introduce to you Mr. Ben Barkin, who has worked very hard today, worked very hard for many months, worked very hard for many years to bring this wonderful circus parade to the streets of Milwaukee. Ben, congratulations. You're a Um, wonderful man. I have to tell you what a joy it is to just see hundreds of thousands of people enjoying themselves. You know, Ernie Borgnine really described it when he said this this parade is just miles of smiles. And it's such a joy. It's not only the parade, but we have the train going from of Baraboo to Madison to Janesville, then to the suburbs of Chicago, and then all the way back into Wisconsin. And to see thousands and thousands of people at the crossroads and the highways with American flags and cheering and whistling and with signs would say welcome. All I can tell you is it's a unique bit of Americana and something which gives me such added joy. This is What's on Tap, and we are taking you behind the scenes of the brand new Milwaukee PBS documentary called Remembering the Great Circus Parade. It is a one-hour special chock-full of fantastic moments like that one. The voices you heard were Captain Kangaroo Bob Keeshan, who was a regular host of the Great Circus Parade in the 80s. 
in the 80s. He uh, did it for several years. He was a marvelous host. He loved circuses. He could go unscripted for minutes and just talk about circuses and talk about what circuses used to mean to the people of this country before radio, before television, before Hollywood, where children who may have never seen a tiger or an elephant or a giraffe, except in a picture book, were suddenly sitting on the sidewalk and there it was passing right in front of them. Even if your parents couldn't afford to take you to the circus, you had that free spectacle of the parade, which sadly, the last... Before this was revived in 63, the last parade that toured in American City was in 1939. Wow, that's quite a span there. And then the other voice that you heard with Bob Keeshan was Ben Barkin, one of two people who revived the Great Circus Parade. And this is what Remembering the Great Circus Parade documentary goes in depth. Ben was just this dynamo and to of hear him- enthusiasm. He loved this like... It was his child, and he would just sit and watch this thing, and you could see the glow on his face. And really, for people like Chappie Fox and, you know, the Sparrow family with the 40-horse hitch and stuff, I mean, these people put heart and soul into it, and they really loved it. They just did. And you could hear it in Ben Barkin's voice to hear him in the previous clip that we played from I Remember, where he was talking about, hey, this is how we kind of got it all going. So then to hear him on site with Bob Keeshan talking about this is the culmination of this vision that they had and bringing people together, recreating, painstakingly restoring everything from the wagons to the costumes and to the performers and 800,000 people watching. There are thousands of people participating. In the early days, the numbers of horses and the numbers of participants, you know, might have been 200 horses and a few hundred people. By the time we were into the 80s and 90s, it was like over 1,500, close to 2,000 people in the parade or on down at the circus grounds. Several hundred horses of all sizes, ranging from the magnificent Clydesdales down to these cute-as-a-button little miniature horses about the size of German shepherds, uh, <laughs> ponies, camels, elephants. I mean, we had Noah's Ark. There was <laughs> Noah's Ark out marching down the streets of Milwaukee. And I used to love the footage that we had of the kids, just agape and staring at this stuff. More behind the scenes from the trains to the wagons to the clowns to the calliopes. I learned how to say it correctly. It's not calliope. No, it's a calliope. More to learn from Remembering the Great Circus Parade, the new Milwaukee PBS documentary with co-producer Joe Sankey, including memories from WTMJ fans. Next on What's on Tap. What's on Tap with Sammy Max is back on WTMJ. Chappy had visions that very few people I've ever had the pleasure of knowing could put together and then get other people eventually to come along and help him achieve his goal. And he spotted and knew where a lot of these former circus wagons were, which were rotting and decaying in different parts of the world. But it, And he set out to find people to help him rebuild them once he got them located and all he needed then was money to get it going. He did a tremendous amount of research and moved out across the country trying to find out, really across the, the, the world in a sense, interconnecting with circus fans of America, asking if they knew of the whereabouts of wagons that he might go and photograph and include in his book. 
And through that research, and he kept copious notes, his files are just enormous uh, over the years. When it came time when the real nut got cutting, which was in 1960, he knew where these were in good or bad shape, most of them in pretty bad shape. One of the big undertakings at the Circus World Museum has been wagon restoration. Those units who have had movie careers were in excellent shape. But then there are others that were in deplorable condition. Sometimes Bob the staff is able to find good blueprints and working plans to help them out, but for others, all that exists is an old picture. Those are just some of the voices from the new hour-long documentary on Milwaukee PBS called Remembering the Great Circus Parade. And in the WTMJ studio with me is co-producer and set designer at Milwaukee PBS, Joe Sankey. So as a set designer, Joe, what is hearing about the level of restoration and craftsmanship on those wagons? What does that mean to you? These are my people. (laughs) The carpenters, the carvers, the painters who talk about just how you take something which might arrive in pieces and you're putting it together. Sometimes you would have to redo an entire carving, sometimes just a section. What kind of paint do you choose when you're looking at an old black and white photograph and it's like, how do you figure out what the colors are? Or one year they took one of the wagons that for years all the carvings they had painted it with gold metallic paint. Like, you know, go to the hardware store, buy gold metallic paint. Sure. And for that particular year, they redid all the carvings in 24 karat gold leaf. And it was a beautiful sunny day for the parade that year. And this thing just gleamed. It was like the work of angels just sparkling in the sunlight. And, you know... We're kind of jaded today because we have a lot of things available to us to use. And I think back in the late 19th century or the 20th century, people who didn't have access to mass entertainment to just see this stuff rolling by the streets of their town. It must have been magic. It must have been like, you know, they were under a mystic spell or something. Oh, that's the parade itself. And I'm going to tell you, Joe, that another part of the documentary that just grabbed me was the trains oh yeah just watching the tr- the steam engine chug, 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 and the the sounds that go with that and watching all the people kids and adults lining up on train platforms to wave and see just it's one thing to have the parade down wisconsin avenue and all the different wagons but this is its own parade on the railroad tracks right because this is how the circus traveled i mean starting in the last quarter of the 19th century, when our nation was slowly being knit together by those double rails of steel, this is the way the circus, as opposed to having to go through muddy roads and things, just loaded all on a train. And then the train is its own advertisement as it goes across the country. And they used the trains for decades. Finally, in 1956, the last circuses by train stopped, and then it became more of just going back to trucks and gasoline engines and things like that. But the circuses also didn't tour the way they used to. Now they would go to the major cities, and it really, like, they weren't hitting as much as they used to. And Americans were a little bit jaded with the circus. We had Hollywood. We had television. We had radio. The whole idea of the magic of the circus really kind of got tarnished a little. And so it was gone just long enough so that when we brought it back and Ben Barkin and Chappie Fox brought it back in 1963 and then we started really televising it in 64, people 
remembered what they had missed. And older people got misty-eyed, remembering when they were kids. And a whole new generation and a generation following just became entranced with the circus parade again because it was nothing that you were going to see on television if you could be there live sure sure right there on the sidewalks and the uh the wtmj talk and text line is always open 855-616-1620-608 texting in joe the circus train would roll by my childhood home in madison on its way from baraboo to milwaukee for the parade the calliope car the lion cage car the tiger's cage car the passenger car with the performers sticking their heads out the window smiling and waving what a memory to have that's dan in sebring florida but just that text he paints the picture. And then 262, I saw the very first Milwaukee Circus Parade back on July 4th, 1963, when it and the fireworks on July 3rd were sponsored by Schlitz Brewery. It was a new and exciting way to celebrate Independence Day as a youth. So I knew as soon as this documentary, Remembering the Great Circus Parade, came together, because I'm hosting it, and everybody that I told, oh, I'm going to be the host, immediately you could see, oh, I remember, I remember, and I remember this part. And so it's it's been fun, and I'm thrilled that I was part of the last 2009 parade. I was part of you the... You are woman on the street? Yes, or I was. I was interviewer a on the street? Roving reporter <laughs> for that live PBS national broadcast to experience this spectacle and the sounds and the sights and truly the throngs of people. It really is special to us. And I want to go to the phone just for a moment because I think we have someone on the phone. Mary Jane and Economowak, were you part of the Great Circus Parade? Actually, yes. I drove a team of four horses pulling one of the mirrored bandwagons, and they called them bandwagons because a band would be riding on the top and playing as it rode down the streets. What was fascinating, uh, two things that I recall quickly, is that the only way you could get up on these wagons were by ladders. So if there was some kind of an emergency, you couldn't get down until someone brought you a ladder. I mean, you could have jumped, but it would have been harmful. The other part was that in driving my horses, I often will talk to them. I will I will give them sounds, step up, G and haw, right and left, whoa. The minute the band started to play, I couldn't hear a thing. I couldn't hear the steel hooves on the pavement. It was like, earth, I mean, like, oh, my gosh, how am I going to do this? Well, the horses were very well trained, and they handled it beautifully. You think it about such all a of wonderful those. Experience. Oh, Mary Jane, I'm so glad you were part of it. Thank you for sharing it. I hope you watch Milwaukee PBS. It debuts on oh, Thursday. We have it already planned to be taped. Yes, <laughs> very we want to be sure good. and have it for our kids. Thank you. Thank oh, you for tonight. Thank, thank you, you for, for listening. Thanks for calling. We have more behind the scenes, a story that you won't see on the documentary from co-producer Joe Sankey. He knows a secret about Ernest Borgnine's clothes. <laughs> That's yeah. next on WTMJ. Welcome back to What's on Tap on WTMJ. I was on Johnny Carson program one day, pushing one of my films, you know, and uh, he said, Ernie says, uh, you seem to have done everything in show business, what's left? And I said, well, I had lots of things, he said, making conversation. Oh, yeah, like what? Pinning me down. I said, well, I've never been a clown. Boy, he says, you're going to get letters. Sure enough, then barking when we'll see you later. Called me the next day, says, you want to be a clown kid? We got the greatest circus parade in the world. Well, 
you'll see for yourselves, it is the greatest circus parade in the world. That is the voice of Academy Award-winning actor Ernest Borgnine at the Great Circus Parade as part of the brand-new Milwaukee PBS one-hour documentary called Remembering the Great Circus Parade. And co-producer Joe Sankey is here, and you even know about Ernest Borgnine's costume a fact that just couldn't fit into the documentary no this is not something that will be seen in the show but i'll tell you the story quickly when ernie decided he was going to be in the parade he decided he needed a clown costume as every good actor would he went to a firm called western costume in los angeles that rents costumes to the film industry and television studios and things like that things that might only be needed for one day or so on a short-term basis they found a costume that fit him and eagle-eyed parade watchers will know that he wore the same costume every year now lovely tova got a different costume made by the designers each year but ernie always had his clown costume and years later, when Western Costume was going out of business, they called him and they said, if you want your costume, you better come in right now and get it before we start selling off our stock. And they just gave it to him. They gave it to him no charge because Aww. of the fact that he was now known for wearing this costume, which they never got credit for. It was never in the credits. He wore that costume up until his last appearance in the parade when he no longer used to walk the two and a half miles with his wife because he's like, I'm 93. You can I'll, I'll drive. I'll wear a golf cart. He was cart. in a golf cart that would look like a Mercedes, though. Yes. He, and, he was living large on and, that and the golf cart was, parade. The golf cart was driven by the grandson of one of the people who founded the Circus World Museum. I believe that. That'd be a great pride point to drive for. And the, I love that Ernest Borgnine was never the official grand marshal. He was the official grand clown. Yes. And I love in this documentary that you also learn that Bob Keeshan, Captain Kangaroo, is a member of the Clown Hall Clown of Fame. Clown Hall of Fame, exactly. I thought I knew all there was to know about the beloved Bob Keeshan, but this really is a a special, special documentary. And I watched it with my boyfriend, who is a lifelong Milwaukeean, and I can tell you he's a jaded media professional sometimes. And to watch it with him and hear him go, oh, wow, oh, wow, look, there's the arena in 1964, watching the parade there. And... It's also, we can't get to every single part of this, but the 40-horse hitch and the community that it takes to train those horses. And that it was dentists and optometrists and veterinarians who all came together to the It was a community family. project. Yeah. It was a community project with the Sparrow family to do that. This was not just them. This was like everybody that they knew had a job to do in preparing that. And it's such a pride point for the people who participated, whether you were, we just heard from Mary Jane and Economic, whether you were a horse driver or whether you were performing in the parade as a clown or as any level of this, there's such a pride point of being part of the great circus parade. Yes, we would see the same clowns year after year who would show up to walk the parade because they love just shaking hands and hugging the kids and clowning around, you know, <laughs> excuse, excuse the pun. And that's how people were with the uh, with the parade. You could see the people were loving it. This was pre cell phone days. They weren't there sitting at their phones. They were they were just watching the parade. And like I said, the faces I would see in the clips are just like the little kids. Oh, the, I mean, their mouths are hanging open. You could tell they're just spellbound. He is Joe Sankey, co-producer of the new Milwaukee PBS hour-long documentary, Remembering the Great Circus Parade. Hear even more behind-the-scenes stories as Joe goes through his 
copious notes from watching 16 great circus parades from the Milwaukee PBS archives. It's a special What's on Tap edition podcast to hear that conversation. You can find that podcast on the What's on Tap page of WTMJ.com and wherever you get your podcasts. Watch the documentary on Milwaukee PBS tonight at 1030 on Channel 36. Again, tomorrow evening at 530 Sunday on Channel 10. You can also stream the special online on PBS Passport. Has the great circus parade stirred up memories for you? One of my teammates here at Good Karma Brands is very proud of how his grandfather's communication skills were an extremely important part of this tradition for decades. Jared Yuhan shares his family stories next on What's on Tap on WTMJ. You're listening to What's on Tap with Sandy Max on WTMJ. Welcome back to What's on Tap, a show about culture and creativity here in Wisconsin and around the world. I'm Sandy Max, host of What's on Tap and also host of the new Milwaukee PBS documentary, Remembering the Great Circus Parade. It was fun for me to host the TV special because 15 years ago, I was also an on-the-streets reporter for the national PBS live broadcast during the last Great Circus Parade. That was in 2009. It was the only Great Circus Parade I saw, but it made an impression on me with the pageantry and just the enormity of the event in the streets of Milwaukee. Now, in contrast, my good Karma Brands teammate, Jared Yuhan, has had the Great Circus Parade as part of his family's life for decades. His grandfather, Bob Goldstein, worked with the Milwaukee Police Department and volunteered as the head of communications for the parade for decades. Imagine how massive that job is to coordinate the traffic flow of all the wagons, bands, performers on the street, staying in touch with the bigwigs and organizers from the very beginning to the very end of the event. That's a massive undertaking. Well, Goldstein was stationed at the reviewing stand, which meant his whole family had the best seats on the street. They'd arrive at 6 a.m. with a cooler filled with snacks for the kids and adults to spend a full summer day at the parade. And Jared shared what it was like on parade day and the specialness of the circus in Wisconsin. So my grandpa, he was in charge of the people that were stationed at the holding area where the parade started, the first aid stations at various junctions along the route, and where the parade would end up completing. Uh, Chappie Fox and, and Ben Barkin, especially Ben Barkin, they required an update for everything. Did it start okay? Was it moving too fast? Was it moving too slow? Why is there a gap between different circus wagons or bands or horses or whatever? So your uh, grandfather was in direct contact with the two creators and organizers of the parade constantly oh, throughout the day. At all times. Oh, It got to the point, too, where my grandma one year gave Ben Barkin, you know, shrimp cocktail that she had on ice. It came to the point now where Ben was asking every year, where's the shrimp? So that... <laughs> <laughs> that was that that was almost He looked a, forward to your grandma's shrimp cocktail. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> um my mom got to ride too on the train a couple of times, you know, watching and waving to all the onlookers. This is the train coming, of course, from Baraboo to yeah. Milwaukee, which kind of became this spectacle of a steam engine pulling all these beautiful wagons and animals passing kind of before everybody's eyes on and the way is, from Baraboo Inn. And that is part of the Remembering the Great Circus Parade documentary, showing this train and the wail of the steam engine and truly the hundreds of people who would be at each of the train stations waving and, and excited to see the circus train come through. Yeah, and it was a big part of what the sponsors got to do. You know, as, as someone that works with the Brewers Radio Network now, a lot of our sponsors expect tickets to games and hospitality and kind of things you can't buy on the internet. 
internet. Well, you sure as heck couldn't buy tickets to be on this train to go from Baraboo to Wisconsin or to Milwaukee. But these were experiences that the sponsors got an opportunity to do and ride along with, which was just amazing because every overpass you were going by, every every crossing, there were people lined up and, and wanting to see this really cool thing that you would just never see. Most trains are boring looking as they go through. This had all the colorful wagons and the animals and everything coming from Baraboo, where the Ringling Brothers spent their summers way back in the day. Of course, they were in Florida in the wintertime. But yeah, that was the home base for circuses uh, at one point in the United States. That's so, a part of history. Yeah. So your grandmother got to be on there and, and wave. My grandma did. My mom first wrote it in 1994. So she got a chance to go on as well. Safety protocols, though, were definitely not what they are today. As one of the times she was riding, the sides of this tram was open, and she fell off and then was fine, but it had just started, and then she she, she got the treatment at, at the first aid and got back on. And she really said that the magic for her happened at the lakefront where everything was displayed and the circus tents were up with all the performances and things like that because the circus literally was coming to town. My grandpa was there set up, too, with all of his equipment because the U.S. Air Force had the Thunderbirds that were performing in those days as well. It was just a complete spectacle with you know Thunderbirds performing and the circus going on. My mom was in complete uh, heaven. Vivid memories from my Good Karma Brands teammate, Jared Yuhan. I think you'll be entertained by even more memories of Jared's annual photos with Ernest Borgnine and watching the 40-horse hitch from his spot at the reviewing stand, his grandparents' unique collection of the annual Great Circus Parade posters, and his clown brothers, Orbit and Dusty, and even more fond memories from texts from his mother in the full podcast at WTMJ.com on the What's on Tap webpage or wherever you get your podcasts. It really is a fun conversation. And the announcement of the Milwaukee PBS Remembering the Great Circus Parade documentary has been bringing out the memories and happy vibes in a lot of Wisconsinites. If you want to share your stories or memories or even old photos, email me, sandy at WTMJ.com, S-A-N-D-Y at WTMJ.com. It's been fun to hear from WTMJ fans so far about their memories of the Great Circus Parade. The wonder and joy of a parade inspired my choice of the song you need to hear next on What's on Tap on WTMJ. And now, feast your ears. This is the song you need to hear. Most blokes going to be playing at 10. These go to 11. March is Women's History Month. Barbara Streisand is a woman who has made a massive cultural impact by singing, acting, producing, and directing since 1960, when it seems that her first professional job was singing as the opening act for comedian Phyllis Diller. Streisand is also in the rare group of talented people who have an EGOT, Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, and Tony Awards. This is from her first film in 1968, Funny Girl. The song you need to hear is Don't Rain on My Parade. Not to live, just sit and putter. Life's candy and the sun's a ball of butter. Don't bring around a cloud to rain on my parade. Don't tell me not to fly. I simply got to. If someone takes a spill, it's me and not you. Who told you you're allowed to rain on my parade? I'll march my band out. At least I didn't fake it, hat, sir I guess I didn't make it But whether I'm the rose of sheer perfection Or freckle on the nose of life's complexion The sin 
Simply gotta march my heart to remind nobody don't know. 